Hi there, Odsterion friends and fans. Uh, we're hitting you up now with another one of our patented cultural digression minisodes. Because in the process of discussing the episode you're gonna get tomorrow, uh, Sorority Row from the year 2009, we just had simply too much context to give as, as happens sometimes on this pod. And so join me now for a little walk down memory lane as me and Sam elucidate the jam-packed season that was pop culturally 2009. We're going to blame it on the pop. We're going to talk about the fact that Britney Spears has a criminally few number of number one hits, and we're going to talk about friend pin. So how could you not love it? Here it is, your latest mini-sode. And, and thinking about setting the stage as, I, I, you know, for yes. 2009, and yeah. we did open with Britney Spears, uh-huh. we get introduced to this amazing little app called Friend Pin. Friend Pin. Now, oh my God, I, Friend Pin we have on to, flip phones. We have to talk about it because this <clears throat> technology didn't exist in 2009, but it did nope. kind of. I will share. So in 2011, right, the world is introduced to um, Find My Friends. Yes, 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 yes. So the app by Apple that ends up on everybody's phone, which is a little bit creepy, but if you uh, agree to it, you can find your friends by pinpointing them mm-hmm. on a map, right? In this film, it implores, uh, it, 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 it uses a different version of this that's called friend pin but it looks a little bit like grinder kind of <laughs> does it yes okay and, which is interesting because this movie came out in september but in march before it mm. that's when grinder came out really so grinder came out in 2009 interesting and this movie at this time really there is no other there is no app that replicates what's being used in this movie as a plot device right other than grinder wow so for i think a lot of straight people at the time watching it, it's like wait what is this plus it's on their flip phone how yeah it's but like, honestly she, she answers the call she sees him it says 1.5 miles away uh-huh. and she's like hey i just pinned you yeah so it's like that way we are introducing what the technology is where they keep track of each other but again this is a grinder thing Mm -hmm. and so as a queer fan i was like holy shit this is on time wow but when you think about it in the context of everybody else it's actually not it's really ahead of its time so almost to the point where it's like it feels like an unbelievable plot device it does it It, it, it feels like in it follows there's that like clamshell reader that one of the characters has that the um i always call him by the wrong name but the director of that David Cameron Mitchell. I always call him the guy who did Hedwig. Yeah, um, he uh, he specifically like wanted to put something in there that wasn't real technology, so that the technology didn't feel fixed to any point in time. It was in- intentionally meant to be something nebulous and non-existent, and that is what this feels like. Yes, and I think that was the intention. But it's, it's like seeing frienders that... in yes. the roommate. Yes. So. What's interesting to me about queer culture in this moment is everything's changing. Uh-huh. So before this, we all had to meet in person. Uh-huh. And then Grindr actually allowed us to find each other. Yeah. Right? Especially as youth who didn't really have queer spaces because yeah. queer spaces were, a lot of queer spaces were so, like, had been eliminated uh-huh. or are only city-centric. But Grindr lets every place be a queer space uh-huh. because you can find somebody. You know, this is the year of three. Britney Spears is single that is mostly forgotten and yet is her third number one. Her only three number ones, Baby One More Time, Womanizer, and Three. She only has three number ones? Isn't that wild? Uh, wow. So what we have is a culture after circus. So this is after circus. This is after... So Womanizer Circus, and then uh-huh. this is the year of If You Seek Amy, Radar, wow. and then three. That's 2009. Oh my God. And, she doesn't, and then she gets a number one in three. So when we're thinking about it in terms of arc, mm-hmm. right? 2007 destroys Britney Spears mm-hmm. by all, you know, that's just the way by to look at it. By every measure. 2008 is when we 
culturally start to allow her to have a comeback, right? And it's like, that's shocking. We're going to support Womanizer thing. Yeah. And also, then gays just enjoy their album. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But after that, three is a really tricky moment because it's like, why did this happen? Why did this particular single happen in this moment and end up at number one? So for those of you who haven't heard it, three is just a song that's about a threesome. Uh, It's her... and also, interestingly, one, two, three, Peter, Paul, and Mary. So yep, it's a yep. male, male, female mm-hmm. threesome. It's a woman enjoying her sexuality. Mm-hmm. And it's it's putting Britney Spears back into the sexual spotlight. Yeah. Where we had kind of been like, can we sexualize somebody who has just gone through a mental breakdown? Mm-hmm. So in this moment, she's she's actually surging in popularity, at yeah. least in a mainstream sense. No, the I, I remember this, and, and we talked about this recently, off, off pod, um, about that circus rebirth. Like that yes. was that was a not that was another phenomenon that was another Britney phenomenon that was another Britney in the spotlight moment. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a niche appeal thing. Like she took over again with Circus. Yeah, and three was kind of an out there single because it was just attached to her it singles kind collection. Of an out there single. It wasn't on an album. It was just on a box set of all of her singles or like a greatest hits basically version that you could also get on CD. Uh huh. Thinking about like if you're at home right now and uh, or and you have any access to Google like DJ Earworm 2009 United States of Pop. Oh my God, blame it on the pop. This year's remix got some phonics. I got hot. I got I got fucking electronic beats. I got your pop music with the future This blame it on the pop. This is the sound of 2009. It is three Britney Spears. It is DJ Earworm 2009. It, blame it on the pop. The definitive DJ earworm and, and compilation. I, think, I do think sitting in just that mega mix will give people a perspective on the exact moment in time that we're in right now. Oh my God, Sorority, Sorority Rose, Rose is Sorority Rose a 2009 mega mix. Yes. It is a 2009 mega mix. Ladies and gentlemen, this movie begins, we open on a girl running out of a big house in a bikini screaming, and it feels like a standard horror movie cold open. But then she turns around, and she's like, give me back my clothes. And a boy in boxers runs out and he's like, you gotta come back and get him. And then we go on a roving camera trip through a sorority house at the start of our core girls senior year of college. And it is girls jumping in onesies with like the butt flap open on a trampoline in the middle of a foyer. Who hasn't done that? Who, I mean, I was like, I'll do that. I don't even really do nudity and I'll do that. It was, it's a, it's a pledge who's been stripped down to her underwear with her sorority sisters, drawing plastic surgery lines on her body, scrawling the words fat across her thighs and stomach. It has a boy gawking at it, just like taking it. He's clearly drunk. And a woman, a girl, probably the only black person we see in the entire movie, walks up to him and is like, don't you think this hazing thing's got a little out of hand? I feel like this is such a distillation of this movie. Woman walks up, says, don't you think this hazy thing's gone a little out of hand? Gawking guy who wants... Male gaze. Who wants the meat, who wants the red meat of this, just goes, no way, man. And that is, and that is what Sorority Row is actually offering you the entire time. Saying, don't you think this has gone a little far? But then everybody going... Yeah, but you want it, don't you? And then it just keeps going. And so to connect it to the Britney Spears of it all, mm-hmm. what we have with something like Three is like, hey, she's never been allowed to be sexual directly in her songs. And now here's a song about a threesome. We're going to send it to number mm-hmm. one and she's going to subvert expectations. We can still enjoy Britney. We can have our cake and eat it too. And there was Finally. really never, and never queer baiting with Britney. Like nope. that was not what we there were doing with pop There was a few Amy star. in that year. Right, in but that again, year. we're still in 2009. In that year. She was not a queer baity pop star nope. until this year. And that and wasn't a thing we really did with pop stars at the time. Like no. the hetero, we did it with the Paris homo attraction. But, sure. but that's an exception. Yeah. That wasn't a thing we trafficked in at the time. Though. So that was, that was 
quite a transgressive move well, from 2000s Britney. And I like thinking about what you said in terms of having your cake and eating it too. I mean, I think about like the rise of Katy Perry as a yes. pop star on MySpace. Yep. I think about like, kiss, I kissed a girl and I liked it. Mm-hmm. Having your cake and eating it too. And when you think about this opening in Sorority Row. Oh my God. When it opens on a girl screaming and running out half naked and you're like, Normally, she would be in danger, and the movie's like, nope, she's being traced by a ho- chased by a hot guy. Mm-hmm. And then you go in, and it's like, we're going to take an unflinching look at the Greek system mm-hmm. for a second, but mm-hmm. we're also going to do it in a way that we acknowledge is titillating, by showing people being titillated by it. This movie establishes in just 10 seconds uh-huh. that it is completely in on the joke, and it's going to give you more. And it's, it's going to, like, and I, I was listening again to our Jennifer's Body episode recently, and there's that great part where you say, like... God, the thing you guys, the thing you need to know about Jordan is that she always wants more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this movie keeps giving you more. And like, as we're, like, we get that, we get that, the jumping on the trampoline, the asses in the onesies, we get the grotesque hazing, we get, we meet a character named Chugs. We meet a character uh, named fucking Chugs, played with aplomb oh by Margot Harshman throwing a beer in a guy's face because he's like, hey, Chugs, give me a beer. Or, or he says something like, give me a beer and a blowjob. And Chugs is very sex forward. But when that guy puts her on the spot at her party in her sorority house, and he's like, give me a blowjob. Blow she's like, fuck off, guy. Throws a beer in his face, marches away. Chugs is Margot Kidder's Barb. Oh, Barb. From Black you're Christmas. Right, you're right. Oh she my is God, she's 2.0. Barb. She is Barb reborn yeah. for the odds. Listen, you pervert, why don't you go over to Lamb They could use a little of this. I, I, I do think that anybody watching this opening sequence is suddenly like, now if you, like, if they're a fan of the original, they're like, oh no. You're completely right. And this is why. Yeah. The original is like a very slow boil <laughs> slasher. It's a, it's a, it's 1982, 1981, 1980 and, and into 81 is really the slasher boom. Yeah. 82's like, here's what's left. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> yeah. and we're going to take our time because we have airtime to fill like yeah. we've got it we're screen time to fill yeah and so they and they do there are a couple of cool things about it like they're in in the original there's like they in, rather than in this one as we will discuss they kill a sister mm-hmm. in the original they kill their like house mom mm-hmm. essentially the carrie fisher character in this film uh and so carrie fisher ladies and gentlemen carrie fisher plays the house mom mrs crenshaw in this film <laughs> And there's like, and and then the killer uses a cane to go after them, and then there's like a horrific, like there's a reveal of a very '80s like not PC killer, <laughs> yeah. and th- and that's the movie, right? It's yeah. not really anything special. I get that people like it. Mm-hmm. I get that straight men love it. <laughs> yeah, you can right. tweet they me. Really it's do. true. They it's really, them. They, straight it's men them. love that. And so I get it. You you're sitting there in 2009 watching this happen, and it doesn't feel like the original. Now I was watching it thinking fucking good thank god i was i was i was i think the freneticness and the short attention span that we was winnowing down throughout the 2000s and the bombast and the color and yes the boobs and the boot cuts and the bronzer all of it plays in favor of the sorority row remake and it i get not enjoying like being opposed to it because also we're in the middle of uh remake burnout yes or maybe at the beginning of it because this is the same year as nightmare on elm street Mm -hmm. uh Oh, Last House on the Left, The Stepfather. My God. No, no, sorry, not Nightmare on the Street. My Bloody Valentine. Friday the 13th, The Uninvited, Halloween 2. This is, all of those are 2009 remakes. So they are all intended to be like major horror films. Mm -hmm. And yet, when you look at the box office, like I brought this up in the beginning, 150th, not an exaggeration, it literally was 150th. There wasn't even a horror movie in the top 30 unless you count Terminator Salvation, which came in at 22. 
And that's not a horror movie. No, that's but stretching. I'll say sure. sure. For so, the purposes of this, let's just say sure. Number 30 of the highest grossing domestic films at the box office was Paranormal Activity. Number 30. And that Normally, is such a demonstration of the pivot of where horror is going versus yes. where people are tired of where we are at at the mm-hmm. time. And then wow. down at 130 mm-hmm. is Jennifer's Body collecting 16 million. Jesus. Down at 150 is Sorority Row. My hope is you girls prepare to go out into the world that the things that you've learned here in Theta Pi will help you to do the right thing. Which made 11965000 on a $12.5 million budget. So it didn't even make back its budget. I am agog, I, ladies and gentlemen. I normally don't share those kinds of no, Wikipedia statistics, but in relevant. this, in the case of this film, knowing that we are talking about, like the thing that the odds gets the hardest time for are the remakes. It's like yes, remakes yes. and remake burnout. Mm-hmm. And people just skip over them all together. Mm-hmm. And that is why we are here to say, don't skip over Sorority Row like we did in 2009. <laughs>